it's not just about the person, but it's the organization has a huge impact on how a person behaves. Yeah. Well, perhaps you have had the experience too, at least I have had it, that I was very different in different organizations. Yes. That in one organization, I was creative, enthusiastic, all my ideas were, were heard and, and, and I could really work with them. Whereas in the other organization, in another organization, my ideas were like, oh, that's, uh, we don't do that, uh, things like that around here. This is Three People in Your Head. A podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others. Co-hosted by John Fleming and myself, Matt Taylor. In this episode, we speak with Marion Timmermans, who is a provisional teaching and supervising transactional analyst in the organisational field. Marion is also a coach, team coach, process facilitator and management consultant, and she talks to us and shares her experiences about using TA with teams and in organisations. So Marion, thanks so much for for joining us on the podcast. It's great to, to have you here. Thank you for having me. Ah, it's our pleasure. So, Marion, you might start off by just introducing yourself, telling the listeners who you are, where you come from, what your background is. Uh, well, I'm Marianne Timmermans. I'm based in the Netherlands. I'm a, a coach, um, a team coach, process facilitator and consultant. I work in my own private practice and I have some roles in TA which is a supervisor for students preparing for CTA or MSc. And I'm a trainer. For instance, I train in the MSc program um, of TA in organizations. Great. So I suppose it's uh, not hard to say then you're here to talk to us about uh, the application of transaction analysis in, in organizations, um, yes. which is... Uh, our listeners will kind of have an idea at this point it is uh, one of the, the kind of um, main fields of application in TA. Um, they'll have already heard at this point uh, kind of episodes around psychotherapy, which is the roots of transactional analysis and some about the application of it in, in education. And, and now um, you're here to talk to us about organizational TA, which is great because um, I was just... Um, saying to, to Matt before this episode, you know, everyone is part of an organization in, in some capacity, um, whether they're a member of a club or they're where they work or um, even their family in some way could be seen as an yeah, organization absolutely. maybe. But I know for, for this purposes that we're, we're not talking about family. But uh, yeah, so I think this, this episode is going to be really applicable to everyone. Um, uh, and it's just about being able to see it through that lens that, that we all are part of, of different organisations. So uh, how and when did you first get involved in TA, Maria? Uh, well, it's uh, in, in the beginning of this century. Um, I started working as a management consultant and the firm where I started to work was very much aware of uh, management consultants and interim managers being kind of on the boundary of an organization, being in, inside and doing their work, but staying an outsider because they are not 
uh, well, part of the, really part of the uh, organization. And the, the management of this management consultancy firm uh, had everyone train in transactional analysis to pick up this role on the boundary of the organization in a professional way. And, well, they, they were really very much aware that it's a, a continuous tension between uh, being inside and, well, for instance, being uh, trapped in, in gossiping, for instance, uh, like many people in organizations do. But yes. yet, because you are an outsider, you, you mustn't do that. And knowing TA gave a lot of new professionality about this role, about how do I communicate how is the effect of, of my communication on others? And, well, I was so grabbed by TA, grasped, that uh, I did my TA training and I ended up giving trainings myself to new employees uh, in this organization. So um, I've been in TA quite a long time already. Great. Yeah, I'm always uh, so inspired hearing people talk about their introduction to TA and, and the way it's inspired them because, you know, oftentimes we work in different professions and we understand the context very well. You know, if I'm an engineer, I really understand engineering. If I'm a teacher, I know the subjects I teach. If I'm working as a consultant, maybe my focus is around business improvement or um, improving efficiencies, and I, and I understand that. But what TA adds is this level, like you've said, of professionality to what you do. So it helps you really understand the psychological dynamics behind right. the context. Yeah. And that's really yeah. what it's about for me. Is that kind of how you feel as well, Marianne? Yes, and uh, it's not only about understanding. I, I, I fully agree with you uh, that it is about understanding, but not only. I would say TA concepts uh, facilitate professional intimacy, which, with which I mean makes it easier to, to talk about the things that really need to be uh, spoken about. Yes. And because you have non-judging language, I remember... I once was in a management team before I knew TA and we were interviewing for a new colleague and there was this candidate that was really in my irritation zone because uh, he was really telling the general director only what he wanted to hear but I could not find non-judging words to describe what I saw and later I realized if I had had TA then, I could have said he was acting from and talking from adapted child, which okay. is not the only style you would need if you are a manager on that level. Mm -hmm. So TA gave me insight, but also options for, for action. And it made me realize that many observations that I had were not nonsense. I only had not had the right words to express them. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, I personally, I feel very similarly that it's that ability to be able to communicate that sense that you have of an experience or yeah. that intuition you have, but find it really hard to, would, well, would normally find it really hard to articulate. That's what I yeah. recognize. And professionally, yeah. uh, or not professionally, but particularly in a workplace, yeah. you know, yeah. Like I do feel as a society, and I say society now and maybe being a little bit too general, but definitely where I come from and live, you know, we are getting better at talking about things of an intimate nature where it's maybe emotional 
um, with our or with our family and friends. But the workplace can be a very difficult environment. So when I hear you say what you said, Marianne, I'm like, oh, God, yeah. Like, I remember being in my early 20s and being a manager in an organization and having all of these uh, feelings and intuitions and wonderments or concerns about different things and just Mm -hmm. really not knowing how to discuss them because I had grown up in this environment where it was like, you need to, you need to be, you know, professional in work. And that means you don't talk about how you feel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Marianne, at this point, the listeners will have a, a really good idea of, of the, the roots of TA, you know, of, of how it started off really as a, as a psychotherapeutic model. Um, could you talk to us a little bit more about how it developed into an application for organizations? Well, TA is very effective. And uh, somewhere during the development of TA, people really started applying it in other context than just uh, psychotherapy. So it's very useful to know the TA concepts when you're working in an organization. Uh, So in organizations, we also use parent, adult, child for communication. We talk about drama triangle for a pattern of communication that is not helpful. You can think about I'm okay, you're okay. But when you talk about TA in organizations, when you work with TA in organizations, there's two points you focus at that are a bit different than general TA. So we always um, work with people in role. It's always about the person in role. And we can imagine uh, a triangle saying person, organization, and role. And we are always aware of that. And this triangle is functioning in a context. So, for instance, when uh, someone would say to me, uh, well, I always have problems with this colleague of mine from the financial department, then I would not so much ask him about the personal connection, but I would start to ask what is your role and what is the role of this colleague? How do, you, do your departments relate? What is the contract? So I'm always aware of the person in the role in the organization. So I'm aware of this triangle where the personal and the organizational together, they decide what's the appropriate role. Yes. Um, yeah. You can imagine that people with the same job description, for instance, manager that it's quite different though the job description is the same but that it's quite different to be a manager in a non-profit organization in a time of economic crisis than it is to be a manager in a prospering business so it's very much the role in that organization and that's what 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 we look at so it's about a person in role yes And it's about collective behavior. You already touched on that, uh, John. It's about collective behavior. So it's a lot about the culture of an organization that we, we talk about. Yeah. And I'm just drawing, you know, some understanding from that. It's interesting what you said, you know, that you wouldn't get into the personal bit. Uh, that the the person might be experiencing with the the person in the finance department, and of course that's what psychotherapy would do. You know, the yeah. psychotherapist would be looking to really understand what's going on personally for you, and how are you feeling about that person, and what has that person. Uh, and, and that's interesting, actually, that you've drawn that distinction because that is important about the difference of application 
in organizations versus psychotherapy. I think that's really yeah. useful yeah. way of um, distinction. Yeah, that's that's a clear distinction. And of course, I am not blind for the person. Mm. Um, yet, that is really my experience. For instance, also in coaching, that if a person comes into my coaching practice, he he or she brings his organization with him. Yes. So I, I once had someone and I found it very difficult to contract with him. And then I realized somewhere in my mind, it goes to, oh, this is just uh, uh, someone with unclear, who's unclear about what he does and what he wants. But then the other voice in my head said, what is his organization? And when we started to talk about the organization, it was really the problem of the organization not being able to contract. So then I really realized that with the person, also the organization enters my coaching room. And um, well, it's and that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. And so it sounds to me because I'm, I'm new to organisational TA. It's almost like you're shining a light on a lot of stuff that is kept in the wings, if you like, and is not normally thought about or not normally considered. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, yes, that is very much true. I really had to, uh, well, almost convince myself uh, that it's not just about the person but it's the organization has a huge impact on how how a person behaves well perhaps you have had the experience too at least i have had it that i was very different in different organizations yes that in one organization i was creative enthusiastic all my ideas were were heard and 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 i could really work with them whereas in the other organization in another organization, my ideas were like, oh, that's, uh, we don't do that, uh, things like that around here. And that had a huge impact on my creativity, on my well-being in, in the organization. And I was really surprised yeah. um, of the influence of the culture yeah. on an indi- individual. Yeah. And so that's where I, where I start. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that's, because I'm just thinking about what you've said there, Marianne, and, and do you think that's because when, when that happens, uh, what happens internally for us then is that we begin to think, oh, we don't belong here. We, we, we're not accepted here. We're not okay here. Well, that's what happened to me in, uh, in that organization. Mm-hmm. And it's just an adult it is it was a here and now decision back then it, it's 20 years ago to to leave that organization yeah to to refine my creativity and uh, use it somewhere else and that's when i started to work in that management consultancy firm ah. right so you could be more the authentic you uh, yeah brilliant yeah. very good right yeah so what is it that you most love about TA or find most compelling? Well, what I, what I really like about TA and then again TA in organizations is that it's a comprehensive uh, frame to understand people and, and processes in organizations. Yeah. And TA really helps to become uh, autonomous. And TA is, is, is a comprehensive frame, so it fits with every hype that we see in organizations and with many, many methods. For instance, you can use TA and the Bergman method to uh, understand individuals. 
You yeah. can use TA with lean. You can use TA in networks. You can use TA in project management. So TA is a frame, a, a comprehensive frame yeah. of people behaving. Yeah. And um, that's what it, what it makes so valuable in organizations. I've often come across teams, uh, for instance, a management team that said, we did a beautiful project on leadership. Oh, we had brilliant theory and so interesting. But then there we are at our work again. And then we ask ourselves, how do I behave? Mm. What do I really do with this theory? And then comes in TA because that gives the translation of theory to practice, to options for behavior, to understanding why do I find it so difficult to behave the yeah. way I want to? How does the organization come in? Where am I? Where are my uh, script issues, my beliefs about myself, others and the world? So, that's what I find really compelling, this comprehensive framework. Yeah. Um, and what I also find compelling, well, very powerful and, and also a bit scary is that TA helped me to realize the power I really have. Mm. Uh, so TA helps to get more clarity about personal uh, beliefs and make space for autonomy, the real me, and to do what I really want. want yeah. yeah. You've, you've mentioned autonomy a couple of times, Marianne, yeah. and I, I'm just thinking that some of our listeners, while they, they probably know what autonomy, the dictionary definition of autonomy is, or they, they might not know that either. Um, I know until I found TA, I hadn't really, I had kind of a, a basic understanding of autonomy. I always thought about a state being autonomous, <laughs> a yeah. nation. But would you just give some words to what you believe autonomy to be in the TA sense? Yes, I'd love to. I think autonomy is that you uh, really are in the here and now. And that sounds a, a, a very mindful, and, and in a way it is. Mm. But autonomy is about doing, thinking, and feeling as a response to, to the here and now and not as a response to all kinds of beliefs that you have gathered your whole life about yourself and others. Uh, for instance, someone who might say, well, it's, it's just not possible to go to my boss and say that I uh, am working too hard. That's a, that's a conviction. That's not the real here and now. The real here and now is that it's possible to stand up, knock on a door and say we need need to talk can I can I do you have time for me or can we make uh, an appointment I believe that many people live from their beliefs and and they are not really often not really encouraging and when they are, are encouraging the beliefs we have then we don't see it as a problem but many beliefs make us smaller than we are and autonomy would mean live in the here and now and respond to what's really going on and that is for people yeah. and for organizations yeah. because many organizations also have their processes and their ideas and the unwritten rules that really are not helping to 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 thrive yes. so it's about yeah it's about thriving and using your full potential Great, mm. yeah great so which does not mean oh, sorry which no. does not mean that there 
are no rules. Autonomy does not mean that I only do what I want all, all of the time. Mm. So that would be, sometimes people think being autonomous means only doing what I want. And that's not true. Autonomy, if you are autonomous, then you realize that you have relations with people and you are willing to uh, be accountable for what you do. Yes. Yeah. So you do relate, yeah. but it's, it's here and now. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really important piece that you've added to the end there. Yeah. Because it isn't about complete freedom to do whatever you want any of the time because that would be irresponsible. But it is about, about being in the here and now. Yeah. And that piece about, uh, you know, going to your manager and, and talking about that you, you're overworked and, and uh, you know, I've met so many people who would struggle to, and I know in my past would have really struggled to have seen said something like that but it, you're right it's the truth so yeah. if you are really autonomous and, and connected to the here and now you you will act in accordance to the reality is and if, if you are run down and overworked having a conversation is is important isn't it yeah mm. and you talked about how you found your power was that for you finding that sense of autonomy you, you know your own voice your own convictions when you found that power well uh, if you say you found, uh, I found my power, it's a lifelong process, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I, I always say it's like a circle, circle around me of the space where I'm free and this circle becomes bigger and bigger. But yeah. it, there still is this, this uh, boundary. Sometimes, well, I, I can go into this mode of uh, I can do anything. Yeah. Um, but way not so often anymore. But it does sometimes happen. I think everyone, every person has a script and every organization has a script. And sometimes you come to that point of where you don't believe in the power anymore. But sorry, now I lost your question, Matt. No, I was just asking, you, you mentioned that you found a sense of power um, yeah. coming to TA um, and you related that to autonomy. So it was just about that, really. Yeah. Interesting, and, I, have, I have friends who are business management consultants and one of the things you alluded to is the importance of your role being to bring about change and they have often talked about how they can deliver courses but actually the bringing about the change is the real is the real challenge in terms of TA and the way that you work you feel like the transactional analysis is a really powerful tool for bringing about not just a, delivering a great course but actually initiating the changes in the organizations then. yes yes well delivering delivering a great course uh, is great and i like to do that and i sometimes call that entertainment yeah. because it, it may be a bit superficial and that's where ta comes in i, I absolutely love that word <laughs> i'm seeing it in your that's so so good yes and, and it's fun. It's fun, all right, but it's yeah. not real change. So yeah. TA is very good at uh, seeing, giving words to the processes just beneath the surface that really decide where this iceberg, if you want this uh, vision, where this iceberg is going to. Yeah. So um, clients often uh, like to work with TA. For instance, when they change the structure, but they find that people still don't give feedback. Yes. And then you, you need to go, you just need to dive a bit deeper. And what's very interesting for me to do is to see a management team uh, talking together 
And uh, sometimes I get to this point and then they invite me and I, I work with them. And then every uh, like 10 minutes, I give an observation about the process that I see going on and the questions that, that arise within me, but that are not put on the table. And, and, and I think, well, then we're working. Yeah. And it's really about the here and now, about what I see, what others also may see or what may be too difficult to, to discuss. Yeah. And um, my learning is that this not speaking out happens on all levels yeah. of an organization. Yeah. I've been uh, uh, reading a lot lately about uh, leadership and interim management. And I have this book on um, interim management where uh, this professor says that the projects that fail on a very high level interim management really, well, when it goes wrong, it comes into the newspapers, that kind of level. Yeah. But he speaks about a conspiracy of silence that when an interim manager starts in, a, uh, in an assignment, that he and his assignment giver, would you say it that way, his yeah. client, that they kind of on a psychological level almost decide what is not being talked about. And that will be the point of failure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's often about the things that cannot be said. There is the real growth and there's the real change yeah and so you use ta to make those contracts and, and this is something we need to talk about isn't it contracting but you you make them explicit through transactional analysis so they're understood and kind of out in the open is that yeah and i like to talk about contracting uh, a bit but it's and, and we can do that right away but it's also about making clear what patterns that are right beneath the surface right. um, for instance well you have you must have been in the in a team and already if you see the agenda for the team meeting yeah. then you you can tell uh, oh oh here we are again point five it's about a new housing and i already can tell how this discussion will be because the team leader mary she will tell that the project again has been delayed and then yeah. peter will become angry and show his frust frustration mary will defend the policy and her way of working but and she doesn't do so very convincingly but then luckily we have fatima who will rescue mary by saying oh mary is only doing her best and you you see you just see this when you see the meeting of the agenda yeah and if once you are familiar with the concept of the drama triangle you can see that peter is being the prosecutor yeah. mary is the victim and fatima would be the rescuer in this uh, yeah. example yeah. so if you start to talk with teams on a pattern like that then it gives words to what they already knew because they all leave the meeting with a sense of being tired and not having reached any results. Yeah. But, but it's a pattern like that that mm. is really valuable to, to, well, to become aware of and to be able to change. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and just to add a bit more on this example, um, the drama triangle in organizations, if you work with that concept, then it's useful to also add the role of the bystander. Yes. Because 
um, Mary and Fatima and Peter, they are not, not working in some kind of vacuum, but they are working in a team. Yeah. And where are the others with this 0.5? Mm-hmm. Well, they are uh, uh, rolling their eyes or they are um, watching their watch yeah. or they are exchanging glances. Mm. So but they're not saying anything. They're not saying anything. And yeah. they are the first to go to the coffee bar and say, well, that was a lousy meeting again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we've, yeah. all, we've all been a bystander at some point. We, we, we can yeah. all resonate with that one. Yes, we can all. I, I, I can too. Yeah. And I don't always dare to speak out. And I have my reasons for that, which yeah. happen to be reasons for bystanders. Uh, which would be, uh, I don't know enough, I don't work here long enough, uh, my uh, contribution wouldn't make any change. Well, as long as we, as bystanders, start believing that, then mm. nothing, will, uh, nothing will change. Yeah. Um, but patterns like that, they are under the surface in a team. Yes. Yeah. And once you can give words to that, even draw it, yeah. In, in, a, in a triangle again, yeah. and uh, the tribune for the, for the bystanders, then it becomes visible and then it becomes understandable to people how they together facilitate this lousy meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can talk about what needs to be said. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I can imagine that bringing TA into a meeting like that could be quite, uh, could cause some real upheaval. You're giving permission for people in a more lowly position to share what they think and what they feel, what their observations are. And obviously, if everybody's doing that and it's all welcome, that would be really helpful. But you must meet with some resistance sometimes. Yes. Yes, yes. Also within myself, because it's quite scary to, to bring yeah. things like that to the surface. Absolutely, and, yeah. And if you, I really want to live, I'm okay, you're okay. And what I've learned is that when you're in this drama triangle, there's always something important yes. that is not on the surface. Yeah. So, for instance, this Peter, who is always showing his frustration, um, is really scared because the housing, uh, the new housing may uh, have consequences for his job that he, he's afraid of. Mm-hmm. So if that is really what's underneath his, be- his, his angry behavior, then that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And that, then you can work with, and then you will feel relief in this team. Yes. Finally, we can talk about we need what we need to talk about. Yeah. And yes, Matt, I think you're right. Managers often hesitate to, to talk about what really needs to be said because of fear of upheaval and emotions and anger and, oh, God forbid, um, a sadness. Yeah. 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 It's very empowering what you're describing. Yeah. Um, Marion, what would you like? What theory or or would you use to to help clients with that? You know, is there something in TA particularly? Like, I understand the drama triangle is really useful for maybe like uh, probably a bad word, but diagnosing or or analyzing what's going on. What theory would you use to inform uh, trying to uh, improve the situation or remedy it or help the people in the team or the meeting? to resolve what's happening and acknowledge yeah. that there's things that yeah. need to be spoken. Yeah. yeah, I think it's contracting. 
I really believe, well, contracting is not only about legal contracting. Contracting is about agreements we make in day-to-day living. And I I really believe that if people would start contracting, we would have very little work because then uh, many problems wouldn't even arise. So contracting is about roles. It's about clear, just clear agreements. Let let me elaborate a bit on that. Um, Burns said there are three levels of contracting, Mm -hmm. uh, where the first would be the procedural level. Mm -hmm. That's the level where we speak about a time and place and money that's available. But for instance, if you go to an organization again, often uh, meetings, when they are scheduled, the starting time is scheduled, but the time when it ends is not scheduled. So after an hour, people start to walk because they thought it would be a one-hour meeting. And then it's, it becomes, there you see irritation rising. So only on this procedural level of a contract, you can already uh, do good work. But then the second level is the professional uh, level. And the professional level of a contract is the level that is about roles, mm-hmm. about results. It's about uh, knowledge and experience. So the professional level of a contract would mean if you and I contract, I need to think about, can I deliver what I'm promising here? Do I have the knowledge to reach that result with you? Uh, So that's the professional level. And the most interesting part, in my opinion, is the psychological level. Um, On the psychological level, that's about all kinds of things out of awareness. So, so expectations you have, expectations I have. Uh, it's also about a hidden agenda. It's about all the things we, we do not put on the table, but that do influence the outcome of our working together. Mm-hmm. And, well, I, I would say if we, we, if we would start contracting then that gives room for professional growth and, and development that's really huge. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like the psychological level is what TA is bringing to the table then with the work that you're doing. Um, yes. Whereas in organizations, often they might be operating or aware of the other two levels, but not yeah. necessarily the third. Yes, yes, that's very true. I worked with a group of project leaders uh, once and they were really struggling with their role. And when we used this model, they realized, and I was really as surprised as as were they, they realized that only a few of them, I think there were 12, and I think only three or four had enough financial knowledge to really do the job of project leader all right. But somehow... In this organization, they were appointed project leader and both their bosses and they themselves had not brought up this lack of knowledge. And when they realized that, they started to realize that they were kind of ashamed of this lack of knowledge, Uh that they, they had felt, well, if I apply for a job like this, then it's so logical that I have this knowledge and by the way why didn't my boss ask uh, (laughs) so that this was this silence and that was in the psychological level yeah and when once they realized that the remedy was quite easy 
because they said, well, this, this is what we need to do. We simply need to improve our skills on finance. That's wow. a first step. And then we can, we can still struggle with our role, but this is so essential. Yeah. But somehow they hadn't dared to speak about it. Yeah. Mm. Though this isn't psychotherapy, but you are dealing with the psychology of the nuances in relationships and the dynamics of roles, as you described yeah. that at the beginning, yeah. the triangle. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's the um, dynamics in that specific organization. That's what yeah. makes it so interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's not like a one template fits all. You yeah. know, no? you have a lens no. that you can look through, but when you look through the lens, it looks different in different organizations. Yes, it looks different. Yeah. So in one organization, uh, money will be a, a real subject of a no-go area. Yeah. And in another organization, time. Yeah. And in another organization, uh, the work that needs to be done, the task. And in another organization, people. How yeah. do you... Yeah, how do you relate to people? Yeah. And it, it becomes interesting, and I get this sense of something happening on a psychological level when, for instance, a client starts sliding a bit on his chair when I ask a certain question. <laughs> or, <laughs> or when a client starts avoiding eye contact. Yeah. And also, for instance, when I enter an organization of which it's clear that the financial situation is uh, bad, and they do not uh, say anything about my fee. <laughs> then it's just not logical. Yeah. And then I and and then I realize, oh, okay, what's happening here? What's yeah. happening to me? You yeah. touched. We touched a bit on emotions. But then, if this is the case that the financial situation of the organization is bad, I ask a fee, and they they do not say, well, that's a lot. Then something happens to me. Then inside, I feel like I'm being put on a pedestal. Uh -huh. And that is like, okay, now I need to be really very much aware of my feelings. I do not need to express them right now, but I must be aware of my feeling of, well, becoming a brave and becoming um, honored. Yeah. And would that be the right starting point for me to, to work here? And if not, what would that say of the underlying themes in this particular case. Right. And so when you said contracting is the really important part, what do you do as the consultant then to, to make sure that psychological contracting is in place? Well, for instance, I, I remember this, well, it was an intake with two managers of a, a small organization and the assignment would be a check uh, of one department, their way of projects uh, working. And I intuitively sensed that something, that there was something going on around the manager of this department, but he was not in this intake. Yeah. So at one point, I used my intuition and I asked, do you want me to draw conclusions on the management of this uh, department? And then they started sliding on their chairs and exchanging glances. And then they went like, um, deep sigh and say, no, that would be our responsibility. And I thought, wow, I am so glad that I asked this question yeah. because had I not asked it, then I would be in, in the psychological game of this uh, three people. Yeah. And now I could stay on my autonomous place and really 
try to understand how do they work. Yeah. Right. So you're yeah. delivering, you're able to clarify what it is that they want um, yeah. at a psychological yeah. level as well. Yeah. And it was a protection both for the assignment, yeah. for the manager involved, but also for myself. Because had I not asked that question, then during this assignment, the psychological expectations on this point would have become bigger and bigger. Yeah. And the chance to fail is... Uh, way bigger yeah gotcha and is it twofold then marion like one part is that obviously you're using contracting as a tool to manage your relationship with the client and to manage what you're doing and what you're delivering and then also i presume there's also another part if it's appropriation that's what you've been asked to do is to teach contracting theory either to the group or the one-on-one -on -one to help them then also do that um, in their organization because presumably you don't work with these people forever so there's also a bit about getting them to a place where actually they can carry this work forward and create an environment in which contracting is just something they do at that organization yeah like uh, ta would say the power is in the patient that's also true for organizations yeah. there's a lot of power and ta gives tools like it gives tools to you and me yeah uh to to really use that power so yeah mm. yeah um, well, thanks so much for that, Marion. That was that was really useful. I feel like I've even got a better understanding now, generally, of, of the application of, of TA in, in organisations and how it's different from from psychotherapy and indeed the, the educational application as well. Marion, I'll be interested to know your thoughts on what you think around why TA isn't so well known in the general public. Yeah, I have thoughts about that. One of them is that uh, TA is not, you cannot study TA, TA in many universities. So that's why I'm really, really lucky that there is an MSc uh, option now. Yeah. I also think it has something to do with the script of the TA community and perhaps the script of its founder, uh, Eric Byrne, uh, where... Um, well, we, I, yeah, I, I think we, I need to say we. We like to be a bit different and we like perhaps to know best and that may even make us a bit, slightly bit arrogant. And, uh, well, that's not really, that's not really uh, a good commercial for, uh, uh, for a method. Mm. Um, and I think where we, I really love the simplicity of the concepts and the words that are used, yeah. um, that also sometimes may be a, a hindrance. I, I, I came across this a while ago when I prepared a, a workshop for um, managers and I wanted to work with the drivers, so I explained it, be strong, be perfect, uh, try hard. And then uh, my, my partner in, um, in pre preparing said, well, can't you give other names to this? For instance, from Greek mythology. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, yeah, perhaps. I, I find it a strength. We do not brag with difficult words. Yeah, to yeah. make uh, processes and uh, people understand themselves. And, well, to some extent that may make us a bit more, uh, a bit less attractive. 
Right. Okay. So the, the simplicity has both its strengths, but then people might perceive that as a weakness. Or Yeah, people yeah. might perceive that as a weakness. And then I would say, but we keep on uh, working with the clarity of the concept. Yeah, yeah. 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 I always find it interesting because... Of course, Matt and I have started this venture to to um, help make TA more accessible to the general public, people who've maybe never heard of TA before. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, along the way, we want to also try and, and figure out what are the blocks mm. and how can we make it more accessible. Mm. So I think what you've said is, is, is very interesting and, and useful. Mm. Thank you. Right. So Marion, are you working on any exciting projects at the moment? Oh yes, uh, a lot. Um, I'm, I'm writing an article about not knowing and well perhaps you know that feeling that you, for instance, you work with a group and uh, something slips out of your hands, uh, something is going on, you can't really touch on that and then we often, we as, as TA, well trainers or, but also managers or teachers, we may go to our uh, well, driving behavior like um, giving a bit more structure, talking a bit louder, uh, making a joke, and then we go across something. And the article is is a plea to stay with the not knowing for a while, and uh, how to use TA to be able to stay on this well, also a bit a scary place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I've been delivering a workshop on this theme in uh, a Dutch TA conference. And, well, I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about that. Great. Excellent. Yeah. Um, that's great. And, Marion, if, if people want to uh, make contact with you or, or um, get in touch, how would they go about doing that? Uh, well, they can go to my website. I have an English uh, uh, version of the website too. Okay. And, well, I can say what it is, but perhaps it's better that you <laughs> write it down yeah. because it's it's in Dutch. Uh, the name is in Dutch, of course. Okay. Maybe a bit too difficult. Yeah. No, that's great. We'll we'll put that in the in the notes so people will be able to get it there. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been it's been really rich and useful to hear hear from you about the application of TA in organisations, which is again another dynamic field that that TA is being applied in. So, thank you for your time and um, for for all the great content. It's been great. Well, thank you, and I really appreciate this initiative to make TA more well known. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at 3peopleinyourhead at gmail.com using the number 3 rather than the word. If you aren't already, please follow us on iTunes and Spotify and leave a review. Thanks for listening.